I first uh, met Paula back in 1997. There was a conference in Moscow, and teams from around England had been taken, been arranged to go to Moscow to speak to take part in a conference in this former, I think it was former Olympic Wrestling Centre, as it turned out. But uh, there was a one team that they couldn't find a place to send it. And the guy organising it was on the point of cancelling that team, which was the team that I was in. Um, and a day or so before they could finalise the team, he was saying, God, if I, if I don't find somebody to send this group to, I'll have to send, cancel them. Because we were going to go to a follow-up conference after the main conference in the various parts of Russia. And about that moment, he was in a meeting. A certain young lady ran, uh, came up to him saying, I hear you're sending teams to Russia. And that was Paula. She'd never met him before. He'd never met her. Knew nothing about her. But he just thought, this must be God doing this. And I believe it was. Because that's her huge impact on my life. I've been working with Paula since 1997 on camps and work among the Chechen refugees. And I have to say that Paula and one of her friends are the bravest women I have ever met. And uh, when you read the opening chapter of Paula's book, I know that's true. I was there. You were there in that when they stormed in? I wasn't actually in the room when they stormed in. I heard about it afterwards. You, you were playing it down as you always do. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> we, we were in great, great danger, but Paul was just taking it all on her own shoulders and not even bothering to tell us about So I'd like to introduce to Paula and Joe, her mum, who's also been out there doing incredible things, even being charged by bulls on occasions like that. <laughs> so, Paula, over to you. Thank you. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to come here to Harrogate. Um, as Kevin said, it's what, 25 years, almost 25 years. And lovely to have Tina and their church has been supporting me and we've been friends for so long. And wonderful, I met Wynne in India one time um, when we had a team, didn't we? Yeah, so we've kind of bumped into each other all around the world. Lovely to have you guys again. And um, we had such an amazing time. I can't remember if it was two years ago or three years ago last time we came. We couldn't remember, could we? But many of you were here, and many of you were touched and healed. Would anybody like to give a brief testimony of what God did for you? Yes, I would. Yeah. So I can tell. Yeah. So I had a, an accident at school just before we went forward. So it was really hard to play the keyboard, but I was going to decide I was going to do it anyway. Paula prayed for my hand, and she's healed. Woohoo! <laughs> Well, I stood back, stood back, stood back because I saw these people who got prayed for and some of them went flying on the ground. So I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so I stood back, stood back, and eventually I was very lucky. And Paula says to me, now, can we just sit down? And in my head, I went, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a thumb that I couldn't move, I could just do that. And I had it for nine months. I've had three GPs looked at it, they've referred to the hospital, they've done a steroid injection, but I still had to wear a splint every night or it wound up stuck to walk. And uh, 
So I, I basically put up with it for nine months. I'd learned to use the wrong finger for the handbrake. Mm -hmm. I'd learned to use these two fingers as thumb and finger, all sorts of things. Paula prayed for it, and within I don't know, minutes, she said, see what you can do, and I went like that. <laughs> and, then, and then it took me three days to truck up courage to actually use it for the handbrake. And I've recently just knitted a super chunky jacket for a friend's daughter with huge needles, heavy wool, and no gloves. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And he's in the business of touching us where we need it. And he is here tonight. And um, it's been so encouraging, the worship. The one song I had on my heart was Your Eyes on the Sparrow. And I was looking to see if I had the music um, to suggest to play it. But then I thought I couldn't find the music and I thought they might not know it. And then they started playing it. <laughs> so, um, and the Lord has been, had spoken to me given me a scripture and Jeremy came in and started to prophesy over me and said exactly the exact scripture the Lord has just spoken to me Amen. so um, he's here tonight who felt his presence tonight and he's in the business of healing and transforming lives and it's just such a privilege to serve him and uh, I just felt him saying that tonight he wants to come and bring us rest who has had some difficult times in the last year and a half um, with being worried, fearful, anxious. Um, and as we say, it's wonderful to be back here in the building. And I just feel he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And with everything that's happening with Afghanistan, with COVID, with so many things, he wants us to just come. And as we've been doing, as we've been singing already, come into his presence. We are seated in the heavenly places with him already. And he wants us to come tonight and receive his rest. And if we need physical healing, he's got that for us. If we need emotional healing, he's got that for us. He wants to touch each one of us. And he's here. Mum wanted to share a testimony about what's been happening in Spain. Yeah, the bull story. I'll tell the bull story, yeah. Come and share the bull story. As Kevin mentioned it, we were on a, a trip to Nepal up the mountains uh, to a village. And we got very early to start. And we got to this village, and the leader of our, our Russian team started shouting, run, 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 run! And of course I had a red jacket on, didn't I? And I was at the end of the, I was slower than all the others, older than all the others, at the end of the, um, the, the, the people. And the bull came for me, rushed at me, put me, his horn in my leg here, it's me right up into the air. And the devil said, right, now I've got you. I said, no you haven't, in the name of Jesus, I said, let me down. And the bull let me down. <laughs> And I only had such a little blood on my often had at all. And we were sorry that day we couldn't preach the gospel though, we didn't have time. Because when this happened, the whole village was out looking. And this man came running saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that, that man who owns that board to sell all his all his farm and everything and get the ambulance to come and get you. But um You didn't need an ambulance. You didn't need an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Their ambulance, I was fine, it's tiny trickle of blood. There was another old lady that was um, thrown over the cliff and she was holding on to um, um, some um, roots. roots. And um, a young man went down and got her. And so um, um, Paul said, let's pray. And they both prayed for us. And neither of us have heard at all the miracle. And we walked all the way up and we walked about so many miles up to the um, village after that. With no problems at all. So thank Amen. you, Jesus. Amen. Saved my life. He reminded me, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we share about yeah, the sure, yeah. um, 
Yeah, go back, I go to up to um, um, Carrie Ann's now. Very many poor families that have no furniture mm. and no food. We've been giving them food, but I want to share about the furniture. Um, one lady um, uh, was living in a garage and she had, they had no furniture, no bed or anything. It was um, a sink- minibus, so some of the people there, when they, they move, they give all their furniture away. And the food bank lady tells us there's lots of furniture going. And we found this bed. So we got some guys to help us and took the bed to the family and all the children were jumping on the bed. They were so, so, um, so happy. Another family wanted a, um, a sofa, had no sofa to sit on. So we took them around the sofa. They were so happy to have a sofa to sit on. Another family had nothing either. We got them beds and um, um, uh, 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 fans, and they had no washing machine. We paid for a long time for a washing machine. And we went to this one house, and the man said, you can have everything except the washing machine. <laughs> and at the end, Paula said, um, um, I said to the Lord, please, we really yeah. could do with the washing machine. <laughs> and at the end, he said, I'll take the washing machine. The <laughs> <laughs> washing machine they had, they've been praying for for years. So, such a joy to see these families with furniture and food and, and at Christmas we took toys round to um, the poor families and they were so happy, you know, with picking their toys. A women's Bible study picked, brought up toys to pack up and we took them and the kids' faces so happy with their toys. And we had a card for um, the mother saying about Jesus, being, you know, about the middle of the gospel. She put it to her chest yet and held it. So, it's so amazing to see that happiness. And, the Lord brings these poor people. At Easter, we went again and brought some Easter eggs and chocolates to them, sweeties. And the kids get so happy. Amazing. Because the poor kids don't have many sweets or toys or anything like that. So, what, one of the families that um, was living in the garage, it was, a, it was a widow from Morocco with her three children. And um, just amazing what God's provided for them. They've even, somebody said, um, sent me a message saying, do you need a water heater? And I was like, yes. So we've got a water heater. They've now got hot water in the garage. And we've, it's like being completely um, yeah, fitted out for them. It's just amazing how God has such a heart for the poor and, and for those in Afghanistan who are going through so much at the moment. We just really know that God does answer our prayers. And um, so many times when things are so desperate, um, and we, are, we cry out to him. He does come in amazing ways. And is it Peter? Is your name Peter? Yes. Peter was telling me about how he had felt God's presence in such a strong way when he'd had his heart attack. And it's just so amazing that in the darkest times, often we feel God's presence in the most amazing way. And during this time when we've had this, such a difficult time with this pandemic and so many things happening, it's a time when he wants to come and he wants to bring his peace and he wants to bring his joy. Um, one of the families that um, we got furniture for, um, they gave their lives to the Lord um, and they got baptised. Um, and the, the mother and the, um, was living with somebody and they decided they wanted to get married um, and follow Jesus. Um, and so uh, they asked us if we would bless them at the wedding. But a, week, a month before the wedding... Uh, she fell over and broke her foot, um, broke one of the bones at the top of her foot, fractured one of the bones. Um, and she really was dreaming of walking down the aisle and obviously dancing at her wedding. So I got her son to put his hand on his mum. He loves to pray for 
everybody. And I said, I said, Eduardo, didn't you pray for your mom? And he said, of course I prayed for her. I said, well, we're going to pray together. So we laid hands, he laid hands and I laid my hand on his hand and I said, you pray, Eduardo. And uh, she prayed, he prayed for him, for her, and I prayed as well. And uh, she said she felt something, but it wasn't, wasn't completely healed. And the next time I came around, it was completely healed. She'd been to the doctor and the doctor had said it's unbelievable that the fracture could heal so quickly. It normally takes six weeks, and this was like two weeks after it had happened. Um, and, and then her boyfriend um, fell over three days before the wedding and twisted his ankle. <laughs> I was like, another good chance to pray, Eduardo. So we got the boy to put his hand on his stepfather's foot. And he was healed too, and they danced at their wedding. <laughs> so it was really wonderful to see um, God's uh, goodness uh, to these families. And uh, we were in um, America just before the pandemic happened, um, and a lady there, um, so the lady that was organizing the meeting um, said to us, um, was telling us about her daughter, and she was absolutely in a desperate state. Her husband had been murdered 10 years before, and she was really depressed and suicidal, and had tried to kill herself the day before. And she had invited her to come to the meeting, but she was so angry with God after her husband got murdered 10 years before that she hadn't been to any meetings. So it sounded really desperate. So we prayed in the car on the way to the meeting and we got stuck in traffic because, um, yeah, we got stuck in traffic and we were actually late for the meeting. And when we got, so we were praying in the car for this girl. And when we got to the house where the meeting was being held, the daughter's car was parked in the drive. She'd actually come to the meeting and she'd actually had time talking to some of the people before we even came into the meeting. Um, and we shared, and um, I said, would anybody like prayer? And she said, yes, please, I'd like prayer. Um, and so I just felt the Lord say, wash her feet. So we um, asked them if they could bring a bucket, and we started to wash her feet and just speak to her from the Father's heart. And she just started to weep and weep, um, and we were able to help her to forgive the people that killed her husband. And uh, she was just, she gave her life back to the Lord, um, and she was waiting to have an operation on her foot because her foot was all twisted and she couldn't walk very well. So we prayed for her to be healed and her foot was healed. Um, and her life was totally transformed. And we, we spoke to them on Zoom a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And um, the mother who had organized the meeting um, said it's so wonderful to see her daughter. It's even like a year and a half later. She wakes up singing and she's just serving the Lord and wants to be a missionary, wants to come out and help us when, when the restrictions are over. And her life has just been transformed. The Lord is in the business of transforming lives. And when it seems like your worst moment, and uh, after the meeting, she said that this had been the worst week of her life. And she didn't think she'd carry on, and she had been really suicidal the day before. And God transformed her life. Isn't he wonderful? We just love him, and we just thank, thank you, Lord. You are so wonderful. And we just love you so much, Lord. And we just love to be in your presence and we just love to sit at your feet and we love to watch you healing and transforming lives, Lord. And thank you that you're here today and you want to heal and restore lives today too. Mum wants yeah. to tell a story about Maria Jesus, yeah, another transformed life. Yes, um, we, we used to have a supper on a Friday night and um, or bring food. And one day um, there's so much food left and somebody said, let's take the food to the poor estate around the corner. So we were allowed to have... Um, the food on the ground, so we borrowed, we had a borrowed somebody's van and had a um, camping um, stove at the back. 
and went round knocking on the door saying, we're having a community barbecue, come and eat with us. We got to one family, and this made me cry. The mother came to the door and said, oh, we said, come, come to our barbecue. And she said, um, oh, that's wonderful, it's my daughter's, two, my daughter's second birthday and we've got no food. So we said, come, come, come. And uh, she came and we said, it's Maria Zeus's, she was called Maria Zeus too, birthday. We're going to have a party. And we all um, enjoyed the party. And her grandmother was lying in a bed. She'd been in the bed, she'd broken her hip, and lay there for years in her bed, um, not able to do anything. And of course, um, we helped her, took her around to all the services, all poor took all the places to get money and help. And then she, she got baptised. Guess what happened when she got baptised? She went in with crutches and came out with no crutches. <laughs> walking. <laughs> so that's a very serious story. So that's an amazing story. <laughs> and the little girl, can you imagine the father's heart? So, so much for that little girl that on her birthday, even though we'd never met her, they had no food and nothing for her. And then the Lord tells us, with our extra food from our barbecue, to go down and knock on her door. And, and um, the, the, the mother and the grandmother and the uncle have all got baptised. And, um, yeah, it was just so exciting to see what happened. And we prayed for that little girl. She hadn't slept through the night at all. Um, and she was, it was her second birthday. And that night, she slept through the night for the first time, peacefully. Um, and their lives were transformed. Her partner, the father of the child, was a, was a drug addict. And uh, he hasn't been baptised yet, but he has stopped taking drugs and he's, re he's really changed. Um, so we're praying he's going to get complete, come completely through. But it's just so, such a privilege to serve the Lord and um, to see him transforming lives. So um, I wanted to share with us, um, the Lord's been really speaking to me about um, the story of Mary and Martha. So um, where can I put this? So we all probably know the story of Mary and Martha. Um, in Luke, uh, Luke 10, 38 to 42. So, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And as I said, many of us have been worried and distracted about many things. I know I have. When the pandemic first hit and nobody knew what was going on and all the news and everything, it was easy to get distracted, wasn't it? To get focus, take our focus and our eyes off the Lord and onto the many things. Um, and interesting that Martha did do many things right in the story, didn't she? What did she do right? She did. What else did she do right? 
She welcomed him into her home. So this is Jesus and his disciples and probably the ladies that were with him as well. Who's, who's been watching The Chosen TV series about Jesus? Amazing, amazing. I encourage you all to watch it. It just gives you an idea of what it could have been like. Um, and uh, So you imagine Jesus with his 12 disciples and some of the ladies, so probably about maybe 15 people. So welcoming 15 people into your home as they're passing by. In first century, Israel was was not an easy task, was it? So if they're going to prepare the meal, they couldn't just go to the supermarket. She probably, if they were going to have chicken, they'd have to kill the chicken, pluck it, go and fetch water. And there's a lot of a lot of jobs to do, isn't it? To feed 15 people, and a lot of them were young lads, young hungry lads with hollow legs. So they needed to have a good meal. And so what she did was a good thing. She opened her home and welcomed him. Who has opened their home and welcomed Jesus into their lives? If you haven't done it, it's the best thing you can do. And he wants to come and sup with us and eat with us. And Martha was doing an amazing thing. And she was working really hard and serving the Lord. And who of us has been in that place? And working hard, welcoming him and serving him and trying to do everything we can to make him comfortable and to please him. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And he's pleased with that. But she was worried and distracted while she was doing it. And it's so easy, isn't it, to be serving him and doing the right things, but to be worried and distracted while we're doing it and to forget what the main thing is. And what does Jesus say? And there's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And it's a very, in some ways, a very strange story. But it was a story that happened and that Luke recorded it because probably the, Mark had been there and told Luke this story. And it's included there. So it's, an import, it's important for us, isn't it? And when you're working and somebody is on their backside not doing anything... <laughs> And you've got a lot to do. I mean, there's a lot to do to feed all these people. You, you thought Jesus could have said, okay, let's all muck in, or come on, Mary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pull your weight. But he doesn't say any of those things, does he? And Mary was so focused on the one that she loved. She was so focused on her beloved that she didn't even notice any of the distractions. I'm sure she didn't even see Martha or the house or anything. She was in that place of just being so in love with him and just so enthralled with him. And Jesus said, that's the one thing that's needed. And that doesn't mean that we always sit there and never help do any serving. It's not, about, it's not about the doing, is it? It's not about the serving. Jesus didn't say to Martha, stop serving. It's about being distracted and being worried. And that place of being in his presence, and Jeremy was talking about it, which is interesting, just before we came in, weren't you? That when you're that person like Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet, everybody finds fault with you. <laughs> everybody gets annoyed, don't they? Her sister's going, come on, what are you doing? Because her sister, Martha, couldn't see that Mary was actually working hard too. Because it actually takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline. But it's amazing to get to that place, isn't it? 
to get to that place where our focus is on only him. And that is work in itself too. It's a different type of work, isn't it? But it's available for each one of us. The heavens are open and we are seated in heavenly places with him. And Jesus said, that's the one thing that's needed. He wants us to come and to just be so focused on him, so fall in love with him, to start our day, just to worship him, tell him how much we love him. And when we get to that place of being focused on him, everything else disappears, all the distractions disappear. You know that lovely song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Who has experienced that? Yeah. We want to not just experience it, we want to live in that place, don't we? And then everything we do is from that place of peace and rest. And that doesn't mean that we don't serve and we don't do things. But when we serve and do things from a place of rest, it's completely different. And who knows the story of Brother Lawrence, who was a monk from the 15th century, I think, in in France. And he was in charge of a monastery kitchen. And there was about 150 people, I think, in the monastery. It was a massive monastery. And whoever's worked in the kitchen (laughs) knows that it's not the most peaceful place, is it? I mean, even when you're cooking for a few people. But he said that he had learnt the secret of being in such sweet fellowship and peace with the Lord that when even seven people were shouting for things in the kitchen, he was in the same place of peace and rest as when he was alone in his um, cell talking to the Lord or when he was in a worship time. It's possible. And the Lord is calling us to come to that place. And all we can do is say, Lord, help me. Help me. I want it. I can't do it with my own strength. And he will help us. And it's like when we're faced with the fear, when we're faced with the distraction, it's choosing, choosing the, the thing that's, the one thing that's needed. And I'll tell a story which I've told many times. You may have heard it and it's in the book. But when one time we were in, I was in Chechnya and um, uh, the Russians were going to come in um, and wipe Grozny off the face of the earth in the next 48 hours. And we saw Yeltsin announce it on the television. Um, and all aid agencies pulled out. And I was left there and I felt the Lord tell me to stay there. And when we saw on the news that all the aid agencies had pulled out and I could hear bombing and shooting and I was in a friend's house who um, was a Muslim who hadn't accepted Jesus yet and I was in her house. And as we watched the announcement on the news, suddenly the electricity was gone, which happened a lot. And we could just, in pitch black, with bombing and shooting all around. And my friend and her husband went into their room to sleep and I was sleeping on their couch. And I was absolutely terrified just hearing the bombing and shooting and knowing that Yeltsin said they're going to wipe Grozny off the face of the earth in 48 hours. Um, And I couldn't sleep. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And um, I was just trying to talk to the Lord, but finding it very difficult. And suddenly the Lord said to me, do you want to fellowship with fear or do you want to fellowship with me? And I had heard a missionary from Rwanda two years before that who was sharing her testimony about how during the genocide um, she'd been absolutely terrified and the Lord had said the same thing to her. And when I was there in that situation, the Lord came to me and said to me, do you want to fellowship with fear 
or do you want to fellowship with me? And what do you think the answer was? <laughs> I want to fellowship with you, Lord, because it's a choice. We can fellowship with fear, and I often do choose to fellowship with fear. And you will just watch the news, and fear is kind of standing there wanting to fellowship with you. Just watching the news sometimes, isn't that? Just all the conversations about COVID, all the conversations about... It's just fear just standing there, wanting to fellowship with us. And so easily we just don't even realise and just let it in. But the Lord is also wanting to fellowship with us. He's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And he says, come and take a seat. Do you want the melon or do you want the fish? <laughs> the salmon? <laughs> For starters. There's a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. That one thing. And he's inviting each one of us to leave the, that fear and those distractions and to say, yes, Lord, I want to choose that one thing. I want to be with you. And that you would help me to, to really focus on that one thing. And when I get distracted, would you remind me, Lord, and bring me back to that place? Because there is a place for each one of us to come and drink from his river of delights. You know, the Garden of Eden, um, Eden in Hebrew means delight. So that the garden, God created a garden of delight for mankind to enjoy. And there's that garden of delight that he's inviting us to come and drink from that river of delight. And it's available for each one of us every moment we need it. And he's here tonight, and he's saying, do you want to leave those distractions behind and come and find rest? So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up again. Um, and if you'd like to just respond to the Lord in whatever way you'd like to do that, I think we're going to um, leave some space here if you'd like to come forward. Um, if you want to just if you're wanting to keep your distance and just um, respond to the Lord in your own seat and just, yeah, just say, Lord, I want, to, I want to focus on that one thing. I need you, Lord. I want to give my worry and my fear and my distraction to you. Lord, we thank you for your invitation, Lord. We thank you for Mary who chose the one thing that was needed, Lord. And Lord, we do repent for fellowshipping with fear, Lord. We repent for our worry and our anxiety and our distractions, Lord. You know all the things that have been heavy on each one of our hearts, Lord. Worry for our families, worry, worry for what's happening in the world. All of the things that have been holding us down, Lord. And you're saying to us tonight, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And Lord, we do choose to come to you tonight to give you our burdens, Lord, and to receive that rest that you have for us. So I invite you just to do business with, with the Lord. If you'd like to come forward, you're very welcome to. And then after we've spent some time with the Lord, if you'd like some extra prayer, we will be available to do some extra prayer, but let's all just focus on him and just bring our burdens and our 
issues to him now and just receive that rest and that peace and that healing that we need. Let's just reach out and touch the hem of his garment.
special prayer um, you're welcome to come forward and um, ministry to you come and help me pray um, if you've got a physical issue or emotional issue or you'd like to pray um, with something about something please um, you're welcome to come forward and we'll carry on worshipping yeah. mm-hmm. 